This is Michael Tidwell. And this is Michael B. Casey. And today we have Josh Vorick with us. Did I say Josh that right? Josh is a, yep. okay. a student at Georgia Tech. Yep. Uh, Josh, why don't you talk about yourself for a little bit? Yeah, so I'm a student at Georgia Tech. Uh, I think that all the stuff that's going on in the blockchain space is really, really cool, really exciting. Um, I'm very interested in the technology and the potential that it has. Um, I'm a computer science background. Cryptographically speaking, all this stuff is really, really interesting um, and really different from really anything else outside of the blockchain space. Um, one of the reasons that I got pulled into it was my older brother, also computer science background, um, David Borick, he went off and founded SIA. Uh, and so he's he's doing that. He's <laughs> Wait, I thought it was Sia. Yeah, it's a, I don't know if it's hey, Sia. It's, it's whatever Sia. you want it to be, as long as people know what you're talking <laughs> what about. What is your right? brother? How does your brother say it? That's a better question. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think Sia, but maybe he's changed. There maybe we go. Um, I think it started Sia, now it's become Sia. So so David Borg <laughs> is also known as Take 42, right? right. Yeah, it's that so. same guy. Okay, cool. Anyways, all right. So so uh, you just competed in the hackathon here. We're at the Distributed Markets yeah. Conference in Atlanta, and you just competed in the hackathon. Uh, how'd and it he, go? He, he beat out me. He beat out our own Michael Tidwell, yeah. I don't who know did how not play. You had a really cool, really cool... Like, Actually, I, I, I know the inside track of why I, I didn't place... We'll, we'll wait until <laughs> after you, but I want to. I have. I still haven't heard yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, yeah. Tell, tell us. So you're well, a second place project, finish. The second place finisher, which, yeah, which so was cool. Tell we me. did Bizarre Loan. I worked with Chris Magistrato. And I like that name, Bizarre Loan. <laughs> um, we get the name from Open Bazaar, uh, and what we did was we integrated loans into Open Bazaar for merchants. And the whole idea behind it is that merchants would be able to crowdfund loans from their buyers and kind of use their reputation as collateral. Um, and basically, you find a trusted merchant, and you know you can trust them. You don't mind loaning them money um, because you know you know the merchant. You can see all of their transaction history, um, and so you loan them money, and they they use that to reinvest into their business um, and eventually pay back their loans and grow grow their business. So that's that's pretty cool. That sounds a cro like a cross between BTC Jam and Cabbage. Uh, Cabbage is an Atlanta-based firm here. They they give. Uh, mini loans to eBay stores instantly based on their transaction volume on a, through an API. Pretty interesting business model. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. So what do you think about the, I mean, we can talk about whatever you want, uh, more about your background or you can talk more about the hackathon. I'd be fine to, honestly, all this stuff in this industry is really cool. I don't mind talking about the hackathon well, or the. Let's the just talk a little today. bit about about your project. Is is like uh, what is that the extent of it? Are you just hey, I made this thing, or do you think you're going to try to make something out of it, or what, what? What's your plans for it? So to be honest, I would love to make something out of it, um, but also to be honest with myself, I don't know if I'll have time. Um, Georgia Tech likes to keep its its students very busy. What year are you? Uh, this is my final semester, um, so I'm going to be graduating soon. So maybe maybe after I graduate, I'll have some more free time to work on it and, and develop it into something. What would you think about the first place finish, the dead man's block? Yeah. So when he went up and gave his initial presentation, my first reaction was like, "Wow, this is awesome! This is like such a interesting use case." Okay, um, I was not at the hackathon. If y'all want to so, like uh, me, essentially, if you don't log in or you know do some kind of authorization every two months, some, something switch. something something can trigger and you can give away your Bitcoin somehow. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's like custom. Uh, there's all kinds of different implementations of that, but the, the idea itself is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I could see that's an interesting idea. But so, what were you saying about it? Um, yeah. So initially, I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" But then, as he talked, like, who would like use it? Who would kind of 
put their will onto the blockchain and like have all of their money in, in Bitcoin. Um, and so my interest kind of faded and then he won, which I think is, is really awesome because, um, I don't know, honestly, going into the hackathon, I thought the judges would be very like finance focused, like what's a real use case that someone could make money off Me of. too. I thought that too. Um, but I'm, I'm really glad that they, they chose that as a winner. <laughs> Yeah, that, well, I mean, it's there's definitely a need for that. I mean, as a, as a commercial product, I don't know if it could be monetized or commercialized, but it's definitely a cool application. It might not. It might not need to be. Yeah, but it's definitely a cool application. No. So, what was the third place then? It's like coffee. It was. It was like coffee something. Yeah, third place was uh, was coffee chain. Coffee, coffee chain. chain. Yeah, it was kind of hokey in my opinion. It was. What basically, was it steal? I didn't really. I didn't really get the. It was just kind of like supply chain coffee stuff. Yeah, I, I don't actually. I, I I don't even know. You weren't paying attention. You I was, lost and you were all butt hurt. Well, well, no, no. I was I was like rehearsing. <laughs> oh, really? <we're in. laughs> no, I was oh. rehearsing my presentation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so oh, okay. So it's just coffee on the blockchain. It was. Uh, uh, I can't even comment. I don't know. Uh, did you did you happen <laughs> yeah, to watch it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my, my memory is like coming back. So it was being able to track the original coffee bean um, from the farmer and using the blockchain to to track it, so that if you drank some really amazing coffee. You could say, "Wow, this is great! I love the farmer," and go back and tip the farmer. Okay, so so another uh, basic proof of existence type deal where it falls. No, chain or no. What, what does it do? Because you can't really hash a bean. Hash a bean. <laughs> I, I think it was more like just a QR code that's going to follow the coffee that you can right. just take a picture of and and tip them. I see. I th I think that's what it was. Right. Yeah. So it's like a QR code followed with the bean. Yeah. Okay. So you could. There's all kinds of flaws with that. Yeah, I, but I, yeah. anyways, it, I, I didn't it, see the presentation. The, the so judges, the judges liked it. Yeah, which is cool for them. Um, can we ask you some g general blockchain questions? Yeah, go for it. So, what's your favorite blockchain? Uh, I'm gonna say Bitcoin, um, just because. Not the, not if you the could Sia? Be any kind of blockchain. Not the Sia blockchain. Sia, Sia's uh, blockchain is pretty awesome, but I think. That okay, I mean, do you want to talk about Sia? Because I don't really know. I mean, you oh, don't I was to trying it. to get him to say Sia, and then we could talk about Sia. But uh, <laughs> right, I'll talk about Sia. I, I feel like I didn't want to say it because I don't want people to be like, "Oh, of course he's gonna say Sia." Well, like, no, no, biased. no, it's fine. Like, no, I, I honestly, I don't know as much as I should about it. I haven't read up enough on it. First so. off, how old is your brother? He is 24 now. Okay, so he's just a little bit older than you. Yeah. Okay, and so it's very likely you might help him with this project. <laughs> it is. We've, we've talked about it. Okay. Um, All right, uh, go ahead. Uh, tell us a little bit about SIA. Yeah, so for those who don't know what SIA is, it's um, file storage using the blockchain. Um, so peer-to-peer -peer file storage, anyone with extra space on their hard drive can rent it out to the network. Anyone who needs file storage can basically go to the network and you know put their storage on the network and the decentralized aspect of it kind of provides for a lot more competitive pricing a lot more reliable storage because you're going to have many many nodes um, you know using erasure coding you can make sure that your your files are very very secure um, and so basically it's moving towards cheaper and more reliable files. I'm, I'm very familiar uh, through, you know, because uh, Sean Wilkerson of Storage is also here in Atlanta and uh, also MadeSafe is doing something similar. How would you compra uh, contrast SIA to Storage primarily? I mean, That's why I wanted Sean different. to come over here. <laughs> I wanted Sean to come dude, over here so dude, bad. He just trying left. to start a fight. <laughs> no, I just wanted a good conversation. Hey, no. Yes. No. So I don't know too much um, about the like Storage white paper, the MadeSafe white paper. Um, I do know that like Sean and David are, are really good friends. I think that 
one thing. Is David that, from Atlanta too, or is it like? No, he's okay. from Chicago. Okay. Um, and they're up in Boston now. <laughs> um, and so I think one big thing that Saya focused on a lot more um, initially was just the the cryptographic side of things. Um, and so Sai really focused on getting it cryptographically secure, trying to build, trying to build something that was going to be very reliable, very resilient to attack. Um, I think David's very much like a cryptography nerd, um, and so he definitely, you know, boarded the line of like, what's theoretically possible? Let's make nothing theoretically possible. Um, whereas, from my understanding, Storage took a more realistic approach to what are attackers actually going to do? What do people care about? Um, Real realistic approach, gotcha. Uh, so funny enough, John and John was just walking by with storage. John, go ahead. We're we're bringing him on the show ad hoc. John, introduce okay. yourself. Yeah, so I'm a co-founder of Storage, uh, responsible for corporate development, sales, marketing, and uh, customer care. Um, yeah, I've been with the company since about 2014, um, since the uh, genesis of it, and uh, yeah, basically taking it to market right now. So we we were just talking about. Now, do you pronounce it Saya or Sia? Saya. 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 Yeah. Okay. Everybody's so this is it. this is David's younger brother. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Hey, John Quinn. So just, George just shook hands with Sia. People, everybody. Yeah. So. Um, and, and we were wondering, what's your best way of explaining the differences between Storage and Sia? Yeah. So first of all, we have huge amount of respect for the guys. They're, it's a great team. Um, I think that there. I think we think that there's perhaps some limitations in their technology because of the way their their, their infrastructure and how many transactions they can actually process through. Um, but I mean, it's a very similar approach. But we think that there's some nuances um, in terms of like throughput. Um, and yeah, I mean, we we think that there's a lot of room for us to be both successful, and we look forward to partnering with them in the future. Uh, and this this can go to both of you. I, I know you might not be able to comment on your brother's project, but uh, feel free. Do, uh, do you think Sia needs its own blockchain? Like, why can't it use, uh, for instance, like Bitcoin or like maybe even like a counterparty, like uh, for for its tokens to incentivize uh, people who store data files? What uh, what's the need for the its own blockchain? Well, it, oh, Sia, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I can I can guess at it, um, but I think I, I'm sure your brother would love that. <laughs> he'll, he'll probably listen to this. What, what is what is Sia's token platform? What are they? They yeah. have Sia Coin. So so yeah, but it's its own sovereign entity. Okay. Yeah, um, I think that is it. Is it like a Bitcoin clone, or what was it? What was it forked from, or they, was it ground up? It for, from, yeah, they did ground up. Um, I think that initially the reason that they made their own token was because there were some limitations in Bitcoin script or in the limitations in, in what. Bitcoin could do. Ethereum was just starting out. Ethereum was this kind of sketchy, you know, like maybe it's going to be great. Maybe there will be a lot of flaws. Um, and so they decided to kind of build something that fit their use case. What do you write it in? Go. Go. So, so yeah, storage is, is built on uh, using um, the counterparty protocol on top of the Bitcoin blockchain. We just felt like that was a very kind of robust uh, infrastructure for us to build our business on. It's you know, it's got a, I don't know, a $12, $14 billion bounty on it. Nobody's hacked it yet. So theoretically, <laughs> like 19. Is it 19? No. Yeah. I, it, theoretically. Yeah. So um, was there any, any plan to migrate away from Counterparty, or is it just always been the plan to stick with Counterparty? I mean, I think that Counterparty has served our needs, um, has served our needs uh, thus far. But, I mean, we're open-minded, and we're, we're pretty much blockchain agnostic. We just want to have the most stable, highly functioning, secure network that we can have. I have a question about the incentive layer, like you know, with uh, with the counterparty token. 
sure. with storage coin every time and i really don't know i i, I want to hear it from you every time i actually pay a a, a farmer is is that the correct mm-hmm. term that's correct yeah um does that require an actual bitcoin transaction fee yeah so basically it, people that contribute to our network we call them farmers and they're paid based on their compensation to the network whether that's via storage or um, bandwidth, and so they basically get uh, a certain percentage of the revenues we, that we collect. So when we make payments, we a, a little bit of uh, Bitcoin is required, but we do it in a batch kind of processing way. So that little uh, bit of Bitcoin get, gets spread across thousands of transactions. Ah, okay. Yeah, so it's not each transaction requires because uh, we stack the transactions into one joint transaction. Okay, so that is like the storage network itself processing that counterparty Bitcoin transaction. Yes. Okay, so it's it's scalable in that sense where you're not paying like a ton of money for every transaction. No. So we're okay. we're bundling all all of the payments together into one payment and with one, one kind of like in ten minute intervals on average, where like you clear or how often do you yeah, clear? Yeah. So one of the challenges we have uh, from a technical perspective is basically micropayments. So eventually, right now we're doing payments, um, you know, kind of like on a monthly basis. Uh, we like we're basically going to do that biweekly, you know, down to daily and then hourly and then. Um, every 10 minutes eventually so in real time so but one of the challenges is doing that currently with um, counterparties where actually one of our developers in Berlin has been working with the counterparty folks uh, to do that and I know it's something that the Ethereum guys are also working on so it's a, I think it's a kind of a common problem that a lot of uh, yeah, companies mi- in space payments are one of the elusive so, uh, so does SIA uh, how does SIA do micro, does SIA do micropayments really well uh, yeah, so once again, I'm not 100% familiar. I worked with the SIA team, um, not last summer, but the summer before. So that's kind of where my knowledge comes from. Um, but SIA has something called payment channels, where basically it's this channel of micropayments. Um, they build up over time, and then you know the, the final result gets put onto the blockchain. Um, one really cool thing about SIA um, is that it's completely decentralized um, and I think one of their initial concerns was that when they build this open source fully decentralized system um, was that you know someone was just gonna fork it and do it you know for free kind of without them um, and so I, I think one of the uh, one thing that, that kind of SIA brings to the table is that full decentralization um, and yeah, I'm not sure. Is that something that storage? Would you consider storage fully decentralized? Well, so the the nodes are fully, like our infrastructure is fully decentralized, but, you know, somebody has to underwrite an SLA standard, right? We're promising seven nines versus four nines of Amazon, Microsoft, and Google. You know, someone has, if, if, you know, someone has to hold the bag and, for, as a liability in, in, the, in the event of non-performance. So, you know, from that perspective, we are centralized because, you know, we have uh, Storage Labs, which is the for-profit business that stimulates demand and also underwrites service levels. Um, but th- that Congratulations th- partnering with Microsoft. Um, I, I, the cool announcement a couple yeah. days ago. Yeah, we just raised uh, three million bucks in our seed round. Uh, so we just closed on that. And yeah, I mean, we got some great validation for some really smart people that work at Google Ventures and Qualcomm Ventures and Techstars and Ionic Security and and others, um, so that that that's great. But um, yeah, basically, we're just um, yeah pressing forward, going to market. Like, so yeah, what's the status of both of these uh, platforms as far as are you are you in beta? Are you out uh, of beta? We're out of beta. We have a Fortune 500 customer in Cox Enterprise. 
We have 15,000 API users uh, that we're beginning to convert into paying oh, customers. So Cox is one of yours, huh? Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. High profile. Oh, what about Sia? What's the status um, for Sia? So I don't know. I've talked to my brother about it a bit. Uh, I don't know how much is like public, um, but they're definitely, there's some uh, enterprise conversations going on. Um, well, are, are they are they in beta still? Do they consider themselves in beta or? That's another. They released version one, so I think. Oh, okay, out that's beta. out of beta then. If um, it's version one. Yeah, one thing that. Uh, one well, fluffy, fluffy pony was talking about Sia as being like already working. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, the way he described it's definitely it. Definitely working. Um, we definitely see Sia like doing more of the enterprise. I mean, we've got fifteen thousand developers and one enterprise customer. And so we think that we're going to get, we're just going to be a developer tool, but probably not as well suited for enterprise as SIA. So we think that there's a lot of areas, you know. Even though you're partnering with like Cox and Microsoft? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's not our bread and butter. I mean, it's it's really, we kind of forced gumped our way into it, uh, quite frankly. So, and I don't think it's going to be our major focus going forward. Interesting, interesting. Just, uh, well, I, I have, uh, I guess... I don't necessarily have any more questions unless you want to just uh, ask questions to each other. Maybe well, I don't know if. Uh, well, generally, like uh, uh, one thing probably should talk about is just like relative pricing structures. Um, you know, because uh, I, oh, I, I honestly don't know. I do have one thing I want to talk about after yeah. that. How, uh, how much does it cost to well, like per gigabyte? Yeah, if I'm a customer to currently purchase, you know, sure. space with storage. We launched uh, with a 50% discount to the average of AWS, S3, Google Cloud Platform, and Microsoft Azure, which is about one and a half cents per gigabyte per month. Um, and then that's for storage and then for bandwidth. Um, and that's triple redundancy or? Yeah, so basically that's uh, basically using, we, we use something called Reed Solomon Erasure Encoding. So. We, it's 2x redundancy. Okay. So um, but we use such that, you know, basically you, you create 20 chunks and then you create 20 parity chunks mm -hmm. such that any 20 of those 40 can be used to reconstitute the file programmatically. Like super raid. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so we're, we're basically flat half off from the big the big boys. So, uh, so I want to talk about uh, the functionality of uploading. So in... It was... Do you mind oh, if I respond? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, let, sorry. Let, let, sorry about let, that. What's surprising on Sia? Yeah, so SIA, because um, I think because they don't kind of have that, I guess, quote unquote, extra reliability through Amazon, they rely on the fully decentralized system. Um, I was just messaging my brother. It's right now it's a dollar and a half per terabyte. Um, wow, so per, per, have, per month? I think per, per month, right? Yeah. Um, so they have very, very competitive pricing um, just because I think there, there are a lot of people on the network wanting to rent out that extra hard drive space. It, it seems interesting, though, because, I mean, the way it was just characterized to me was that SIA ended up being more of the enterprise and, and storage being more the, the developer user. So if that's the case, I would expect uh, that the SLA uptime demands to come from the enterprise customers versus the, uh, the developers. Well, I mean, obviously, it's pretty important to both, but I, I would assume it would be critical to enterprise. Does that seem weird? Anybody? I don't know. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're both, they're both. It's important for all parties. Well, yeah. Know, SLA and uptime is obviously yeah. very important. Yeah. Uh, so, correct me if I'm wrong. With StorageCoin, if I want to upload something to the network, yeah, I need StorageCoin. No. Okay. Can can we talk about? What, uh, what's required to upload to the network and actually use it? Yeah, so you, anyone can go today, sign up, and become a customer, and you get basically 25 gigabytes for free for three months, um, both uh, storage and bandwidth. 
Um, after that, it becomes a, a metered paid service, um, which is 5x what Amazon provides. Uh, Amazon Web Service uh, uh, S3 offers uh, five gigabytes um, versus R25. And so basically, after three months, you would basically use the service, and then you'd be required to swipe a credit card, and so then you would be charged on a metered basis. Do you offer multiple levels of redundancy for additional price, or is it just the standard set? It's a standard set. So I want to ask more questions about that real quick before we go to uh, Sia. 25 gigs for three months, is that kind of storage labs is providing that, or is that actually storage labs that's using the decentralized storage network and then providing 25 gigs for three months for free? So those are uh, space provided by our farmers, which we're paying them, uh, irrespective of the fact that we're not getting any money in, um, basically as a loss leader to lock okay, so, in customers. So, so essentially, that's how you're kind of stimulating the network, giving away some of that initial storage tokens that you generated, and you're right. kind of just... Uh, this is how you're doing your initial Seeding. distribution. Right. So we've um, the, so basically in terms of the storage coins, about 50, uh, 50 million are in circulation uh, currently, and most of that was done uh, through the crowd sale in 2014, and the, then the balance was done um, basically giving around one or two percent a year to community members to kind of bootstrap the network. Um, but you know, so yeah. And, and Josh, we know you're not like a representative of SIA, so like anything you can't answer, it's not like, oh, you know, no. But uh, well, do you care to comment on any of that for, for SIA? Yeah, for SIA, um, SIA's definitely got more overhead to kind of joining the network than storage. Um, you have to download, you know, their client. Um, you have to get your own SIA coin through an exchange like Polonix. Um, and then once you do that, you can start uploading files. And they recently released a, a new version that um, kind of increased the upload and download speed um, to a couple hundred megabits per second. So that was very exciting for them because that was one, nice. one bottleneck that they were having. Um, but right now, I think one thing that they're working on is trying to make that, that entry, kind of uploading your first file to the network, a lot easier. Because um, that is a... It's, it's not as easy as it could be. So it was, it was my impression that you need to download the entire blockchain to upload files, but to download files, you don't necessarily need to have the entire blockchain downloaded. Is that correct? I believe so. I believe to download files, you just need kind of the, the key to that file. So how does that work when, let's say SIA really blows up and you start having a huge blockchain? Uh, how, how big can your blocks be? And am I going to have to download potentially like a terabyte blockchain in order to upload any files. Uh, can you talk about that? Yeah, so I think that within the way that C is built, I think that as it starts to get bigger and bigger, that there's they're gonna you know, figure out a way to not require people to download the entire blockchain just to, to upload a file, right? Because that's not required. Um, you don't, you just need, you know, some money and, you know, a couple of peers on the network. Um, so eventually I don't think everyone will need to be a full node. Um, and that you, you know, if the blocks do get bigger as the blockchain grows over time, it, you know, you won't need to download it. Okay. Question, uh, Mike, did you? Have, well, I yeah, I, mean, okay. I was just actually going to explore that a little bit more if you know anything about it. It's just like, uh, so, so what is the need to download the entire blockchain currently in order to be able to upload? What, what, what causes that? Because uh, in most other things, you have some equivalent to an SPV where you can just get a bloom filter of what you need out of a, an existing node without having to download the entire uh, blockchain. Uh, so what's the limitation there? I know like Monero, the way that it works, you have to download the entire blockchain because it uses uh, stealth addresses. So, but why why, why do you with Sia? Yeah, to be honest, I don't know. Okay. Um, from what I know about the white paper, it, it shouldn't be required. 
Um, I think it might just be something. The way it was implemented. Or, or, yeah, yeah, like version one. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, okay. I was uh, just wondering if there's a specific Did you want to say anything before we... I want to ask you another question. Um, so, would you say that right now with storage, uh, storage labs is producing, uh, is helping with distribution of the storage coin, but eventually storage coin will be paid from the actual people to other people with the storage? With the yeah, farmers? so currently we're accepting only credit cards and fiat, but I think in the next two weeks we're going to be uh, accepting Bitcoin. We, we launched payments like last week so yeah. we're like still getting up and running uh, mm -hmm. and we're going to accept storage coin as well so okay. it'll be a complete loop ecosystem so, so will they always have to go through storage labs like I, I don't really get that well like will i be able to pay mike casey for storing my files and like anyone else who's storing my files or am i always going to be paying uh, or am i always going to be going and then you uh, storage labs pays Mike right casey. so the, the network is open source and anyone can use it right it, it freely um but if you do it through Storage Labs, we handle all the payments to farmers. We basically underwrite that performance. So we provide a lot of services on top of, uh, of that. Um, but you could open, and, and the, the basically, if, it, if you're working with us, it runs through our bridge, and we handle all, all the uh, back end for you. But if you, do, if you want to set up your own bridge and handle your own payments and underwrite your own uh, service levels, you're welcome to do that. Would you say that uh, Storage Coin has value because that's what you actually pay out? To the farmers, yeah. So basically, it's it's the reason that storage coins up twenty x is because people you know share our vision of a decentralized you know object storage environment that where people can take you know excess inventory of, of storage capacity and bring that uh, into a marketplace. And so that's, I mean, I think that that's why Cycoin also has done well because people are sharing the vision um, and the tokens are basically what the grease that make the machine work. Uh, so originally there was 50 million storage coin produced. 500. Oh, 500. 500 yeah. Okay, so now there's 50 million, and then now circulation. I uh, now I look at coin market cap. There's 50 million 468 thousand and such. So is that um, like you produce storage coin as needed through like counterparty? You uh, reintroduce uh, more. Uh, storage coin into the economy. Are you actually and burning more Bitcoin for that? or So, you know, one of the things that we've done is um, we brought on a PhD who used to work at the Federal Reserve Bank, uh, a guy named War Warren Weber. He was there for 30 years. He was helping advise us on monetary policy for, um, for SJCX. And, you know, with Warren, one of the things we did was we put it in terms of issuance of new coins. In 2017, we put a cap of 10 million uh, coins. Uh, and so the intention is really to go to the market. So as we, you know, basically receive funds from uh, users, we would then uh, need, need to basically take some of that fiat, go to the market and, and acquire storage coin to, in order to pay those okay. through micropayments. So you wouldn't just be inflating... Uh now complete okay so so what's about about sia coin do you know the structure of issuance uh for sia coin yeah sia works just like bitcoin um they have miners the miners generate new coins um, so it's proof of work right so it's proof of work um and to revisit the uh why do you have to download the entire blockchain question um i just threw my brother's slack message uh basically that's the only way to kind of be a hundred percent confident in the fact that your contracts are legitimate. So, um, so like if you wanted to implement an SPV and trust that initially while you're bootstrapping, you could, right. that could be right. done. Right, so there's definitely okay. room for that later. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, so, so getting back to the issuance models, you said it's like Bitcoin. How, so in that case, uh, how many tokens are there in total? Do you know? It's a great question. Okay, uh, that's I fair enough. Know. Fair enough. Uh, you know, you're not you're not the official guy, so we're just we're just asking questions. Thank you. I, I have a question. 
for uh, John. You earlier just a little bit ago, you said you had a cap of like ten million extra coins. I I, I didn't really. Uh, so that. basically, in terms of issuing coins, uh, in 2017, we've made as part of our transparency report, we were okay. only going to be issuing go, new new coins in circulation would be capped at ten million for 2017. So our goal is really to bootstrap the network using these uh, excess storage coin. Do, do you think um, storage coin will always be inflationary in this sense, or do you think that uh, at some Sometimes you're just going to cap it off and say this is as many storage coin we'll ever have. Well, there's 500 million is the most we can ever have, so it is structurally deflationary because oh. it's fixed supply. How did okay? So it's 500 million is the most you can ever have. Yes. How many so, do you currently have in reserve? 450. So so, I'm just curious, what why 500 million? Why haven't you already released the 500 million? Yeah. Can, uh, can you talk about that? Yeah. So the original number came from a, a on the crowd sale. It was going to be a larger offering. Uh, the crowd sale turned out to be only uh, five hundred thousand dollars. So it wasn't as large as they anticipated. So there was more uh, storage coin. You know, you may see us do something in the future with regards to um, you know monetizing. Uh, but so it's that really stands now as equity in the company. As it's an asset. It's, it's actually uh, under gap accounting. It's well, treated yeah, as it's, inventory. It's, yeah, it's, it's an asset. It's not equity. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah, but. And then this is free for you to release as needed throughout the next like decade or so or whatever. Yeah, and ag again, so we've sought guidance from Warren Weber, who's a PhD economist that worked at the Fed for 30 years around the best way to issue those coins in a way to maximize value for our ecosystem. So would you say if you currently have storage coin, if you're not actively using that storage coin to make more storage coin, you're kind of missing out? Uh, or what, what's your, what do you, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, there, you know, storage coin got a nice bump last week, you know, up 30, 40% uh, on the news of us, you know, closing the financing. And I think as we announce more partnerships and we're getting ready to announce a monster partnership next month, um, buy your storage coin people, <laughs> you heard it here that, 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 that will continue to be reflected in the SJCX price. Cool. Um, I, that's all I have. Um, Oh, I mean, one more thing that was interesting. You you mentioned a lot of nines earlier. Yeah, like seven, seven nines or nine nines, nines that's, that's or something crazy. Yeah. You're saying that's more uh, available than AWS? AWS? Yeah, AWS offers four nines. And we are offering seven nines. I, I don't even know. Have you ever discussed this or do you know? Yeah, so with SIA, um, one thing you can't really come to a concrete number of nines uh, because there is no you know entity backing it like with storage. But if you kind of make some guesses and say that renters are going to you know, be 95% up, which is a pretty safe guess. Normally, renters will be at least 99% up. Um, just with 3x redundancy, um, you can get a lot of nines out of that. So what's your typical redundancy? Is it 3x? Or? Yeah, I believe so. Um, and with Sai, I believe you have, you have control over how much redundancy you want, um, how much you want to split it up with the erasure coding, how much... Uh, I think they're, they're moving towards... You know, allowing you to have different payment structures for how much bandwidth you need, um, things like that. Cool. Uh, I'm done. Yeah. Mike. Well, thank you both very yeah, much. Thank yeah. Thank you for being on Block Time. It was a pleasure. Thank you, John, for just jumping in real yeah, quick. Wow. I, I saw you yeah, and I, I was like, <laughs> I, I, I waved you over here. Thanks for it's coming. The, yeah, you're John, welcome. Thank you, thank Josh. You thank yep. you. Thanks, guys. Cool. Thanks.